This is Matthew Cratter from Bitcoin University, and today I'm pleased to announce that Toxic Bitcoin Saturday is back, in which I answer viewer questions, highlight a few key YouTube comments from the preceding week, and add a dash of Toxic Bitcoin maximalism. Over the past 15 years, if you think about it, this really was a historic week because over the past 15 years, Bitcoin went from being worthless money held by math nerds to having 11 ETFs in the largest, deepest, deepest markets in the world. It's pretty amazing when you stop to think about it. And we now have BlackRock CEO Larry Fink pumping Bitcoin on CNBC, saying it's no different than what gold represented for thousands of years. It's an asset class that protects you. I would say it's not an asset class that protects you. It's not crypto, but Bitcoin does indeed protect you as a store of value and as a sovereign, self-sovereign form of money. Here was the uh, a bad take on it. I'd say ETS fell flat on their face. Hyping BTC always ends up in disaster, to which my reply was typical high time preference thinking, measuring investment results over a 24 hour period. Christopher Walken, PUA, saying, I, do, I don't care if the price of Bitcoin tanks 90%. I'll keep buying it more forever. I said, I agree. And I made this promise, Bitcoin can never go to zero because I will buy every single last Bitcoin that's for sale at a penny a piece. And I'd be very happy to do that if it ever got that far. But the way this works, now that I put this out on the internet, someone will front run me and buy it at two cents. Someone will front run them and buy it at five cents, etc. So Bitcoin is obviously not going to zero. Another comment, more people will buy the ETF than BTC because learning about UTXOs, which are just unspent transaction outputs, little chunks of Bitcoin, learning about UTXOs is hard. It is difficult. I have a playlist now on YouTube. You can just Google that and watch it. Learning about Bitcoin UTXOs is hard. People like easy, to which I replied, that's true. And when these same people get rugged, they will finally start to get interested in self-custody and how UTXOs function. Most people have to learn things the hard way, unfortunately. Uh, Doji Do 3974, I do not agree with your misinterpretation. The SEC only approved quote unquote cash only redemption spot ETFs. What you're explaining is mostly in-kind redemption. Technically cash only redemption is like paper money. The ETF is not required to buy any real BTC, therefore not affecting the price movement of actual BTC. To which I responded, absolutely incorrect. This is not correct. Every US spot Bitcoin ETF is legally required to buy real BTC and stored at a custodian. That cash only redemption thing, it's just an intermediate cash step. So for example, Bitcoin OGs are not able to take their Bitcoin and give them directly in exchange for uh, shares of the ETFs. For example, they need to sell it and then give the cash to the ETF provider. So this may be something that was done to prevent this, but it's also just an intermediate step. These ETFs will be holding the real BTC. If you're enjoying this video so far, I'd ask you to please hit that subscribe button. That really helps the reach of this channel. Hit the like button, leave a question or comment in the comment section and share this video with a friend or family member. So again, spot Bitcoin ETF providers are legally required to buy real BTC to back the ETFs. Now these ETFs may end up not being fully backed by BTC at some point in years from now, but that is not today. There are too many eyes on them. There are too many regulators. There are too many people looking at them. And if there is a problem, there will be a leak and we will learn about it that a certain ETF is not backed. So this helps to align incentives and make sure that they're actually backing it. There will be real auditors and uh, accountants looking at this, regulators and auditors will require custodians, for example, like Coinbase Custody, which is holding the bulk of the Bitcoin backing these ETFs, 
they will require custodians to sign messages. And this is very easy to do on the Bitcoin blockchain. If you control the private keys to an address, they'll be required to sign messages proving that they control the private keys for any Bitcoin that is back in a given spot. Bitcoin ETF. When the US government eventually gets super desperate in five or 10 years from now, you can expect seizures. You can expect these ETFs not to be fully backed, but that's not where we are today. These are honest, regulated products. Any spot Bitcoin ETF that underperforms real Bitcoin in addition before fees will go out of business. So this is another incentive for these Bitcoin ETFs to actually back Bitcoin. If Bitcoin all of a sudden goes from 43,000 to 100,000 in a series of days and your ETF is not holding real Bitcoin, you will be in big trouble. Your, your Bitcoin ETF will lag the price and you will lose all of your customers. There's also this arbitrage between each spot Bitcoin ETF and the underlying spot Bitcoin that helps to keep prices in line. So if one gets out of whack, an arbitrageur can short one, go along the other and play the convergence, which I convert, I discuss in this comment, uh, Corey Oliver 3182, I bet in the next couple of months, the institutions will completely drain the OTC market. This will be quite interesting right before the halving. OTC market just stands for over the counter. And it's a fairly general term that includes just people holding Bitcoin that they may wanna sell, also includes OTC trading desks. I think this is less important than most people think. And as I mentioned, this comment, exchange traded market, OTC market, P2P market, peer-to-peer -peer market, they're all basically one big market. Global Bitcoin is a, a one big market because if it's trading at a higher price somewhere, you can always just move it and take advantage of that. You could buy it in a low, a low price jurisdiction and sell it in a higher price jurisdiction, or you can buy it on Coinbase and sell it to an OCT trading desk if their Bitcoin's at a premium. And so these things tend to equalize. There's no magic about OTC. And some OTC desks, trading desks, actually go to exchanges to source their liquidity. What we may have seen, some of the selling over the past two days of Bitcoin and very fierce selling may have been driven by GBTC, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust uh, liquidations. So if you were holding this and you've been holding it for many years, you can sell it, you can take the cash and buy Bitcoin itself, or you could just sell your GBTC, take the cash and buy another spot Bitcoin ETF that has a lower fee. So GBTC, they lowered the fee from 2% to 1.5%, which is still absolutely outrageous. All the other ETFs are more like 0 0.2, 0.3%, somewhere around that. And so there's, there's this incentive to sell your GBTC and recycle the cash into another uh, spot Bitcoin ETF. But you have to wait for it to settle T plus two business days settlement before you can move it. And so this may explain why they're selling a BTC, which drags down the price of the ETFs as well. But what we might expect is some of this cash to come back in the market uh, when the markets reopen. And Monday is a holiday, it's MLK day. And so probably not until Tuesday will people be able to trade these ETFs. So expect at least some of the selling of BTC to get recycled back into BTC, either directly through BTC or indirectly through the ETFs over the next few days, especially when the markets, the US markets reopen on Tuesday. I made an argument about how we could have a huge short squeeze in Bitcoin because it is such a, has such a thin order book. And this was one reason that the price moves so much. Apollonius 10 was arguing spot is not thin, spot is never thin. That's why the price is crashing. And as we talked about, GBTC are now dumping 500,000 extra Bitcoin into exchanges and onto OTC. I'm not sure it's quite that much, but it, it could be. It takes 10 minutes to get your coins off cold storage. I'll tell you what's thin, long-term holders, very thin. They will capitulate eventually. And if they do wait, 
the year for 100K. Well, that's just 69K in 2021 money. So this person obviously uh, doesn't like Bitcoin, Bitcoin for multiple reasons, but he is incorrect um, when he makes this argument that the price can crash and melt up and that spot is never thin. These large moves up and down, as I say in my comment, both suggest a thin spot price. And this is one reason why it's possible that just GBTC selling, GBTC selling is responsible for this huge move in Bitcoin down from whatever it was, 47,000 down to 42 or 43,000. And um, this volatility works both to the upside and to the downside. Uh, at for real saying I couldn't care, uh, basically making fun of me in this video where I'm talking about the SEC and the approval of the Bitcoin ETFs quoting me saying I couldn't care less about what regulators think about Bitcoin. A few moments later saying that I said, there's really bad, no bad news for ship coiners, altcoiners is in this announcement by the SEC. And at for real says, I guess their opinions don't matter when it's BTC, but they do matter when it's altcoins, lol. So in reality, whatever opinion suits you, lots of wonderful emojis here. My response, I tried to make it very simple. SEC can destroy altcoins or ship coins. SEC cannot destroy Bitcoin. I hold Bitcoin, so I don't care about the SEC. You hold ship coins, so you should care about the SEC. I'm trying to explain this like her five because that is probably your reading level. Another comment from a Bcasher, Harry G35, uh, Bcash living rent-free in the heads of toxic BTC maxi channels like this one, laughing emoji, laughing crying emoji. That's funny, my response. That's funny because you are posting here and known from my channel is posting on a Bcash channel user, uh, I'm not even going to try to say the username, why is so, and this would be a good example of someone who's uh, super blackpilled, why is everyone so interested in the future when we're all temporary now that Bitcoin is heavily taxed, it makes sense to go back to fiat and comply until you die. Probably an ironic comment, but in case it's not, I responded, if you want to be a fiat slave, I can't stop you. Another comment from uh, Serge Party King Tech 5923 so I'm not a diehard crypto person. It's just part of my investment strategy. I don't worry about the boogeyman like so many libertarians in the crypto space do. All I care about is when I gain off the investments. I have some crypto in my personal wallets. I have a lot of investment portfolio in the traditional space. If I ever get to the point, words, extreme amount of money, I definitely will not leave it in the crypto wallet unless it's insured somehow. So he wants to really rely on the traditional fiat system to protect his crypto or Bitcoin, which is obviously a big mistake. ETFs do allow me to add these things to my retirement accounts, which I appreciate, uh, et cetera, et cetera. My response, you don't have to be a libertarian to still understand that bank accounts, brokerage accounts, et cetera, can all be frozen when you need them the most. If you're holding gold in a bank vault in the US in 1933, the investment gains didn't accrue to you because the US Treasury took your gold. Investment insurance, insurance for investment products is pretty worthless because in a large financial event, the insurers will not be able to make you whole. And there's usually not enough coverage uh, for uh, a large brokerage account and the, the supplemental insurance as well as for these investment products. Most people need to experience really bad things before they can understand why self-sovereignty is so important. When it comes to people's own possessions, once they learn this lesson, everyone becomes a libertarian, at least not in their voting necessarily, but in how they protect their own private property from their governments. A question from Sean Bennett, 912. Is there a way to un-KYC your SATs, if that makes sense? KYC is just when you have to provide personal information when you buy Bitcoin. Does just creating a new address and sending your SATs to the new address do the job? 
my response, there's no way to un-KYC your SAT since the original purchase record is tied to your Bitcoin withdrawal address and is stored by the exchange and probably shared with the IRS and other government entities. Doing a coin join will give you forward privacy when spending, but will not erase the record of a KYC purchase. That's very important to notice. Another comment from at TU8Z. Hey, Matt, can you confirm me? Can you confirm for me that once I have my private key backed up, I can lose, break my hardware device as many times as I like using the private key backup phrase to restore the wallet back into any new hardware device? My response, yes, that's correct. But test doing it before you commit large amounts of BTC. So send $5 of BTC to a hardware wallet, then wipe it and see if you can restore it to a different hardware wallet or wipe your existing hardware wallet and try to do a recovery. If you mess up, you've learned something and only lost a few bucks. But any BIP39 compatible hardware wallet will allow you to recover and reassemble your Bitcoin holdings and your Bitcoin transaction history, which is really cool. Zachary Smart 8810 As you know, investing in real estate lets you leverage and effectively short the US dollar in a way that is not marked to market. Real estate is a very effective investment vehicle to short US dollars. I was talking about Bitcoin in this video as, or at least the Bitcoin ETFs as a way of being uh, short the US dollar. And if you hold the ETFs, it's basically just a synthetic short in the US dollar and you don't have a lot of the self-sovereign qualities that you have when you actually own Bitcoin and can send it to anyone rather than having it trapped inside of a custodian, inside of an ETF, inside of your brokerage account, inside of the US banking system. My response to this uh, this assertion that real estate is a good sh way to short the U.S. dollar, I agree, yes, but not as effective once you factor in property taxes, annual insurance, maintenance, selling fees, trading fees of 6 to 7%, once you count realtor commissions, title, escrow, house inspection, sewer inspection, roof inspection, septic inspection, etc. Also, real estate is much easier to confiscate. All it takes is some police tape around your house and you can no longer enter it without going to jail. Real estate is also not mobile. So if your country or neighborhood goes down the drain, you've got a problem. And then there was another response to this saying, on top of that here in California, they continue to pass new laws and city ordinances favoring tenant and I think punishing landlords to the point that it's not worthwhile to invest in rental rental properties, too much less risk, too little reward. So we've talked about this at various points in the channel that uh, how, how Bitcoin is really going to replace real estate for many people as a store of value that has some more favorable attributes. I criticized gold in this video. Ryan Faros, uh, 8827 responded, I don't understand the slander on gold. Quote unquote, holding gold attracts thieves. Well, if there's only 21 million Bitcoin, I don't have to steal yours. I have to just remove it from circulation permanently if you catch my drift. What he's talking about is killing Bitcoiners, then my Bitcoin will be worth more. You all have bounties on your head now, lol. Quite a bold thing to say on YouTube here. My response, thanks for letting the internet know that you hold physical gold in your house, which Ryan Varos clearly does. Hopefully he's not using his real name there. Summer Breeze 5115, Bitcoin is too good to be true. What's the catch? And my response was the catch is that it's difficult to understand and really difficult to hodl because it's volatile and requires people to learn how to self-custody. Most people don't value self-sovereignty and most people are too lazy to learn how to hodl Bitcoin. So this is one reason it's not too good to be true. Holding Bitcoin is very, very difficult as we've all seen if you've been holding it for the past two years from the November 2021 peak. It has not been a fun ride. People will look back and say, oh, you guys had it so easy. You made so much money by doing nothing. That's the point of view from the future looking back. 
but when you're experiencing it in real time, hodling Bitcoin is very difficult. And this is one reason you get paid so much to hodl it by the markets because it is so volatile. That's one way, one way of looking at it. Finally, a uh, question. Uh, if BTC goes to 1 million, will you still make videos? My response was yes, I'll still keep making videos, but they will all be about how to raise cows and chickens and make your own wine. So let's hope we don't get to million dollar Bitcoin too soon because I only mean that half in jest and I know nothing about raising cows at this point. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to hit that subscribe and like buttons. Hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when I publish my next video. And let me know your questions and comments in the comment section below. Thanks a lot for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.